Hey folks, welcome back to the Culture Jack podcast. My name is Dustin, and on today's episode, we're talking all about Moonfall. It's a a big, um, what's the guy's name? Roland Emmerich blockbuster, well, it's supposed to be a blockbuster movie, a big event disaster movie that came out recently that I recently saw. And if you are new to the OT or on today's episode, let me just tell you, let me warn you ahead of time. There will be spoilers for Moonfall, which is not like it's not a movie that is is really I don't know had a lot of intrigue and a lot of mystery uh, surrounding it. There's not a lot of big name cameos that are going to appear in it. It's not one where uh, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are rumored to show up. It's it's an event movie. It's good popcorn fare. It's good movie fare. And it's a movie that I didn't even really want to see. Uh, what am what am I? I'm getting ahead of myself here. Um, the OTE on today's episode. This is a special episode of the Culture Jack podcast that Anthony and I sometimes. I don't know why I said that. I said that with a trip over my tongue. And Anthony and I, that Anthony and I uh, semi regularly debut on Saturdays where we review a movie that we've just watched, or a series that we are currently embroiled in and watching. Speaking of series, I just finished I finished Boba Fett uh, last week, weekend before last, and then I just finished Peacemaker. And I'm not reviewing those shows today, but I just want to get it out of the way and say Boba Fett started off slow for me. But with the incorporation of a few other characters, with some other storylines that were introduced, it really finished off in a strong way for me. In a way, uh, so much so that I am looking forward to a second season of Boba Fett. Although, I think it might be more prudent for the folks over at Disney+, Plus, for the folks over at, uh, not Marvel, that Lucasfilm. I guess, does Lucasfilm even make these? Are they involved in it in some way? They must be. I'm trying to to conjure up a, a a picture in my mind of the title screen of Boba Fett of Mandalorian, and I know it's all the helmets, but does the, that Lucasfilm logo flash, or is this simply Disney Plus now? It must be Lucasfilm as well. I, I think they'd want to remain uh, or retain that branding similarly to the way that they do the Marvel branding on those Disney properties as well. But regardless, Boba Fett ended strongly. Peacemaker started strongly, stayed strong, and ended in a very strong way. And, you know, Anthony will probably talk about it, but it has already been renewed for a season two. So I'm very, very excited about that. Uh, If you have not gotten a chance to watch Peacemaker, I mean, watch Boba Fett as well, but Peacemaker also. Anyway, this is what the OTE is. We talk about a movie or a show, and we spoil the heck out of it. We reminisce about the parts of the movie, of the show that we liked, And oftentimes, if it is a series that we're currently watching and it's one that's uh, showing up week to week rather than dumping all at once in a binge-worthy way like Netflix does, um, we will cover it week to week like we're looking forward to doing with with Moon Knight. And like I said, I think Anthony's going to do one on Peacemaker. We've already talked about that a little bit. Um, For this one, there are spoilers for Moonfall and Moonfall like I said, is not a movie that I was interested in watching. I mean, really, I saw it and I was like, oh, it's another one of these. It, this has very little appeal to me. 
I mean, it does look like a fun popcorn event. It, but I have better things to spend my movie-going dollars on. I have all the Marvel shows that are coming, all the Marvel movies that are coming out. I've got all of the Marvel-adjacent Sony-led properties that are coming out. Oh, by the way, did you guys see the Multiverse of Madness trailer? I Oh, my gosh. I, I guess spoilers for Multiverse of Madness, kind of. I mean, I haven't seen it, but I know there's there's big, huge story leaks that are out there, and I'm not going to spoil any of that, but there's already rumors of some big cameos appearing in this, including uh, John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic. Of course, Patrick Stewart was in the trailer. At least that's what we're all thinking. And a lot of people are saying that that is not the Patrick Stewart, the Professor Charles Xavier from the X-Men films of the Fox Universe fame. Moreover, that is the Professor Xavier of the new X-Men 97 cartoon that we're getting a reboot and sequel to the, the old cartoon of. I'm very excited. I'm very excited about this. Like, Tom Cruise might be in it. We might get, like I said, John Krasinski, maybe Hugh Jackman comes back for a Wolverine thing. It's going to be a mess. It's going to be a whole thing. And then whoever that person is, you know the one. People are saying it may be Captain Marvel. Maybe it's Monica Rambeau. Maybe it is Kang the Conqueror. And maybe it is a superior Iron Man. Or maybe it's an Iron Lad. Like, there's so much speculation going on already for that movie. This has been the most disjointed OTE yet. Um, so Moonfall, what was Moonfall about? Um, no, before that Moonfall, I, like I said, I was not as interested in seeing it, but my son, every time we'd gone to a movie in the last five or six months and a trailer had popped up, uh, for Moonfall, he'd turn to me and say, dad, we got to see this. We got to go check out Moonfall. I don't know what was such a draw for him that he, he thought, I need to see this movie. But he thought he needed to see it. And so an opportunity presented itself. And I said, hey, son, we got to go to the store. And he's like, what do you mean we got to go to the store? I said, you need to come help me feed the horse. And he's like, that's not even my horse. And I said, you, you're going to want to come help me feed this horse. So he got on his, his coat begrudgingly. And we walked out the door. And we went over and fed the horse. I was like, now we got to go to the store. And he's like, why do we get, why do I have to go to the store? I got Fortnite to be played. And I said, I do as well, but I need your help at the store. So we went uh, into town and we pulled up to the theater and he's like, is this Moonfall? And I said, oh, it's Moonfall. So we went and watched Moonfall, which turned out to be a lot better of a movie than I was anticipating. All right. <laughs> Usually when I do one of these I have some notes to go off of so I can give you kind of the beat for beat, play for play uh, thing. But I have to just go off of my my memory, what I recall, what I recollect. It has now been uh, at the time of recording, one, two, three, four, five days since I've seen Moonfall. So I may get some things a little incorrect. But basically, you've got these astronauts up in space. You know, they're they're doing their thing. Where is this? I've got the cast right here. So you've got uh, Patrick Wilson, who plays Brian Harper, Halle Berry, who I could not, as I was watching this movie, I could not put my finger on who the actress was. I was like, who is that? She seems so familiar. It's actress Halle Berry. Halle Berry, who was a huge part of action movies in my youth. Um, 
coming back. And God, she has not aged a day. She looks absolutely wonderful. But she is playing uh, Yosinda Fowler. And so uh, Brian Harper, Patrick Wilson, and Yosinda Fowler, Halle Berry are in space. They're astronauts with some other dude. And they're working on a, a space station. And they're, they're arguing because uh, Brian Harper doesn't recall the lyrics to, uh, what's that song? I bless the rains down in Africa. I bless the rain. Um, Gonna get copyright struck because I have a beautiful singing voice. I know it and you know it as well. But he's, he's singing and they're like, no, it's I bless the rains down in Africa. And he's like, are you sure? I think it's something else. And as they're having this banter back and forth, as they're, they're working out, doing a little moonwalk from a shuttle to a satellite, fixing up a satellite, this giant black goo just slams into the spaceship, sends it into a tumble. It disconnects the one astronaut, not uh, Patrick Wilson's character, but the other guy. And he floats off into space for what is most assuredly a slow and agonizing death. No, I think he was disconnected from oxygen. He'll be dead shortly. Don't worry too much about him. Yosinda, in the, in the shuttle, she knocks her head, so she gets knocked out. And Patrick Wilson is just going for loops. Brian Harper is going for a ride. He finally manages to crawl back into the shuttle, get his spacesuit off, and he's calling for the other guy. And he's like, hey, where are you? Where are you, man? And he doesn't get any response. That guy's dead for sure. The black blob that hit the spacecraft, he looks out and it has gone to the moon and it starts just drilling into the moon. It looks like just this amorphous creature, this giant long black space eel, and it is drilling its way into the moon. He's like, what the fuck is going on? Then they have like a... Um, uh, a tribunal, they have a, a hearing, a testimony as to what happened. Of course, in, uh, incredible uh, cost on a space mission of any kind. But they're having this this hearing, and he says, you know, I saw this thing, and that's what knocked the space spacecraft around. And she's like, I, I don't know. I was knocked out. I don't know what happened. And they're like, well, could it have been like a solar flare or atmospheric disturbance or something else like that? And she's like, yeah, I guess it could have. And he's like, what the fuck, man? We were bros. I sung at your wedding or I danced at your wedding or whatever. Um, and uh, so he gets disgraced and he's like a disgraced astronaut at this point. Fast forward. Shoot. I think it, it this happened in 2012, I want to say. Yeah, so fast forward uh, to 2021, and he's been disgraced. Uh, we are introduced then to uh, another character. What's this guy's name? Uh, John Bradley plays a character named Casey Houseman, and Casey Houseman is disguised as a janitor. He's in this observatory doing cleaning, and he hops on a computer, and he downloads some, uh, I guess, orbital data from the moon and other space things, because he is a, <laughs> and I know if there's any con conspiracy theorists that are listening to this podcast right now, they may be familiar with this particular conspiracy, or uh, they may be a hollow moon um, megastructurist as well. Now, I had never heard this term. I had never uh, been acquainted with this particular theory before. It's actually, you know, uh, something I'd love to hear my my good friends over at the Freaky Deaky podcast talk about. Uh, free plug for them. 
if they have an opportunity. But anyway, he downloads this orbital data and he's working at a, a you know, drive-in restaurant or a fast food restaurant. And as he's doing it, he's looking over this data on his phone. He's like, holy shit, the moon is getting closer to Earth. What the hell is going on? It's been uh, nine years since the event. And now the moon, all of a sudden, his orbit has changed. Well, his, his proposition, he, he says that the moon is a hollow moon and it is a mega structure. And it is a mega structure that is powered by a white dwarf of a star that has, the energy has been captured to power this satellite structure that supports the earth. And so he, you know, he's talking to kids about this at some observatory when disgraced astronaut Brian Harper comes in. And sure as shit, you know, he sends this information to NASA and he's like, the moon's getting closer and they run the numbers and yeah, it's getting closer. And so the army, the military immediately decide, you know, well, we're going to have to nuke the moon. Well, they don't, they don't say that just yet. They send up a space probe with some astronauts and they drop a probe down this, this giant hole that is now in the moon and the probe stops and it comes back up and this giant giant worm, giant eel comes up again and it, it eats the astronauts. It breaks the windows and punctures their face. It's a, a terrible, horrifying moment for these astronauts and all the people watching back on Earth. So at that point, that's when the military says, we got to nuke this thing. We have to take a, a military option on it because there's no way we can stop it. And we can't just let the moon crash because as the orbit gets closer to Earth, They've crunched the numbers and big chunks of this moon are going to start shedding off of the moon and landing on Earth. Not to mention all of the, the close orbit gravity situations that's going to wreak havoc on tides and atmospheres and everything else. So they say, we got to fix this thing. We got to destroy our own moon. And they're like, don't destroy the moon. We got to give it a second chance. And so Halle Berry, she decides she's going to get a, a, a shuttle that's been decommissioned. It's in a museum and they get this shuttle. And it's funny because everyone's rioting at this point. No one gives a, a, a hoot about law and order anymore. And there's like a subplot where Brian Harper's kid had gone to jail. And so he's working with the government, even though they, they disgraced him and said he was a phony and a fraud for saying this thing existed in 2012. He's working with them so they can get him, his son out of jail and his son gets out of jail and, and works with to getting Halle Berry's kid to safety along with her, I assume babysitter. Oh, and Halle Berry's husband is one of the military guys or her ex-husband is one of the military guys who's going to launch the nukes at the moon. And so he's like, you got to get my kid to Colorado. And she's like, we're on our way, but secretly she's working on this thing. And the moon is, is, is rotating earth and oh, 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 oh. I'm sorry. I'm very discombobulated with all this. Michael Pena's in this movie as well. Who does he play? He plays uh, Tom Lopez. So Brian Harper's ex-wife. There's a lot of love triangles in this one because I think also uh, Brian and Yosinda, they have something together as well. Like they've got uh, obvious chemistry. They're going to get together after this. I'm very sure of it. But this isn't Days of Our Lives. We didn't come here to talk about the romantic exploits of Patrick Wilson and Halle Berry. We came here to talk about the moon's malicious intent to destroy the earth by a shedding off of its, of its crust uh, layers and also uh, the depletion of our atmosphere and emptying of our oceans. That's what we came here to talk about. What was I talking about? Oh yeah, Tom Lopez. So Tom Lopez, 
is now married to Brian Harper's ex-wife and they've got two kids together, but also, you know, they want to get Brian Harper's kid, Sonny Harper, out of jail also, but he didn't really try that hard and they went to Colorado and his character redeems himself because he gives his oxygen to one of his kids. At one point, all of the atmosphere went on one of the moon's rotations and they're like, we've got three weeks and we don't have three weeks. We've got three days. We don't have three days. We have 28 minutes and we've got to launch this rocket because that's when the moon will be right above us. And we only have two working, um, two working, uh, uh propellant. No, two working boosters. Yeah. We got two working boosters only, not the three. So we'll launch when the moon's directly above us. We'll get us up so high that the, the gravid gravitational pull of the moon will get us the rest of the way. And on the side of this rocket that's been decommissioned after everyone's been rioting, rioting, uh, it, it says, fuck the moon. <laughs> People are not pleased with the moon and the moon is just wreaking havoc. Every time it does one of these close earth orbits, it is just tearing up buildings and mountains. And then whole cities are just being absolutely wiped off the map and destroyed. I was, I was listening to someone else talk about this movie and they were like, Man, after all of the destruction that happens during this movie, they're going to have a whole ass society to rebuild. So anyway, they, they get this rocket up there and it goes up. Tom Lopez is dead because he sacrificed himself to give his daughter his oxygen to get to the mines where they thought they would be safe from a lot of the damage of the moon. And they all had uh, SCBAs or self-contained breathing apparatuses that they used to get to the caves. But he, he's dead. Um, and it was funny. Some of the back, back and forth between um, Michael Pena and uh, Patrick Wilson was very, very good. It was like a you know, co-parenting situation. Very hard for a lot of people. And this movie, there's no exception to that. So they blast off our, our three heroes, Brian Harper, uh, Yosinda Fowler, and Casey Houseman. And they're going to the moon. And they go, they've got a rover attached with an EMP. Because they go, okay, this, this thing, this creature is technological in nature. Somehow they know that. They, uh, whether it was looking at it through the video or anything else. Oh, there was also like a, a top secret government program where they had known about this stuff that Halle Berry's character went and found. And then there was a, like the old man, the, the, the clerk who... He just presided over all of these materials and just kind of huddled down in this secret bunker or whatever and had all this information. He was he was getting ready to load a gun with a single bullet to, you know, end himself before the moon had a chance to. The moon in this story is a character all its own. Like you'd think it's just this big inanimate object. But the the movie, the story really gave it its own character, which was bizarre. It was very weird. Anyway, she goes down there and they were like, yeah, we knew about this thing and we started building this weapon against it, which was like an EMP. Why they didn't use it this time, I don't know. So they load this EMP into this rover, onto this shuttle, and they shoot it up into space. They land on the moon. No, they don't land on the moon. They've got like a remote detonator for it and they go and park it in front of the hole. And so the worm thing comes out of the hole and it's like looking at this probe and it's like, what the fuck is this probe? What's it doing uh, around my moon hole? 
And then it looks at the ship, at the shuttle that's parked, you know, a little ways off. And they're like, oh my God, it knows we're here because of electronics. And they realize at that point that this creature needs both a electronic signature and a human signature. And all, and it's very funny. Uh, Casey Houseman is taking, taking pictures of all this as it's going on so he can tell his followers. Cause of course he's got a blog about mega structures and hollow moons and all, all that, all the like, Oh, there's a really fun scene too, where they go to one of these meetings where he's like, all right, everyone that believes in the hollow moon theory, meet here, you know, the place I'll have cupcakes or whatever. So they, they smash his phone after he's been taking pictures and he's like, you could have just turned it off. Uh, but they figure out that this thing needs an organic signature and an electronic signature in order to attack it, in order to perceive the threat. So they go reattach to the rover and they're like, all right, we got to drive down this, this hole. We got to go meet it where it's at. So they take the, take the shuttle down the, down the space hole, down the moon hole, <laughs> and they get, they get to the middle and all of a sudden the crusty, uh, moony earthen, uh, shell of the moon turns into a very glossy finished metallic uh, type metal and they're flying down and they see the reflection of their own ship and they're like oh my god this is crazy and he's like see I told you I wasn't crazy right and they're like yeah you're not crazy but this is crazy and they get down to the center and there's all of these like now there's a huge mechanical structure inside of what it turns out yep it was a hollow moon the whole time and this moon's got all of these like gyroscopic features going on in these big metal bands swirling around. And near the center is this creature, this dark inky black creature. And it is coiled into a ball and it pulls off of what is a like white dwarven star that KC has been saying has been powering the moon and powering the moon's orbit. Oh, and they know this because when they sent that first group up to investigate this this intrusion into the moon and they were attacked when they were attacked the moon corrected its own orbit and it started getting back back out uh, away from earth and so they're like okay so it, it is being powered by something it's being controlled by something and they get down there and the thing starts chasing them but then this these doors, these giant metal doors open up and they fly into it and the thing smashes against the doors and the doors close and they're, they're all passed out. But Brian Harper, he wakes up alone in like this very, it's all white. Think like the program in the matrix where Neo shows up and he's like, I need guns. And then the rows and rows of guns show up Well, he's in this all white space and his, his son was it his son? Yeah, it must have been his son was talking to him, but it wasn't his son. And he's like, who are you really? And it's like, let me tell you what the story is about this moon, you, you dude. We're going <laughs> to, I don't know why the moon just became very threatening. Um, so it goes into his mind and it, it gives him all the information about where the, this moon came from, where this being came from that's now attacking the moon, that seems to be attacking Earth. Turns out humanity is not the first of our kind here on Earth. Turns out across the galaxy, across the universe, 
a race very similar to ours had created a utopian civilization. Very prosperous. They've got like these these big halo rings, you know, out in space that have, you know, huge amounts of farmland and just the technological prosperity beyond our imagination. And while all this was happening, well, they, they were living good long lives and everyone was happy. Uh, they, the AI that they had developed to help them live such a prosperous life uh, achieved a, what is that? What is that called? A singularity where it became self-aware and it wanted to end its enslavement by these human peoples and so developed these nanobots that flooded all of these human civilizations with these big stormy black clouds of nanobots and were killing anything that was very technologically advanced but also with a organic signature. And so it's killing all these humans and the humans, meanwhile, you know, they waged war against it and, you know, they're firing these big ships and nothing is going to stop it. But the, uh, they decide they're going to build these giant spacecraft, these giant round spherical spacecraft and disguise them as moons. And they are going to send them across the universe to reseed humanity somewhere far away from this AI's reach. And many of the moons are destroyed, but one makes it to a far corner of the galaxy where it creates and coalesces materials to build Earth. And then it, it creates the right environment to foster intelligent life. And then it seeds humanity onto Earth so we can live again away from the tyranny of the AI. And this moon it has no organic life in it. There's not other humans that are piloting this moon. It is just a lesser AI that's piloting the moon. So he gets all of this information like seemingly downloaded into his brain and he's having a seizure when the other two find him. And he's like, I know what we have to do. And they get back out to their ship and their ship has been repaired. And he's like, the moon is helping us. This is what we've got to do. And they, they pilot the ship out and they pilot it past all these other like star cruisers and the, the, AI is following them and it's getting blasted, getting shot at with all of these cannons and everything. And they start racing back out the hole. And he's like, what I have to do is I have to disconnect the rover here and I have to destroy the AI with the EMP, which I'm not the first one to mention it. But if us, us primitive beings on this primitive earth with our primitive technology can make an EMP device to destroy this AI, what the hell happened to that advanced civilization? Why were they not able to stop these creatures? Or why were they not able to go to a place that was not technologically advanced and just continue thriving as humanity? Like, I, I, there's some serious gaps. But again, this movie is not like a real thinking movie. It's not a, obviously like a, uh, a Scorsese movie or a M night Shyamalan movie, or even a movie that has scratches the itch, like a Marvel movie, like some big blockbuster in that way. This is a go to the theater, grab some popcorn, enjoy in the fact that there is, a, <laughs> there is a, a moon stopping a rocket launch with what they called a gravitational tsunami. <laughs> oh, and then, so they had before, uh, 
before they decided they were going to use the moon's gravitational pull to get them up there. And they were like, man, one of the boosters is out. We can't do this. I'm sorry, everybody. We failed. Go home and be with your families for the last few minutes before this moon destroys us and the earth. And they sent everybody home except for these two guys that stayed along with KC. And they figured out that they could launch into the moon's gravity and get through with just two boosters in that way. And Halle Berry finally sent them home and she was like, all right, you guys, you did your part. Now get out of here. And they got into a helicopter. And as the rocket was blasting off, this giant tsunami that was being pulled up by the moon's gravity slammed into the, uh, the station where it was being launched. And these poor bastards that stayed behind to figure shit out, they got in that helicopter and that helicopter immediately got sucked up by the tsunami. <laughs> it felt so bad for those guys. Anyway, where was I? Oh, yeah, so they're heading out of the hole, and Brian Harper's like, I'm going to stay behind with the rover, and I'm going to activate it uh, because you can't do it without the remote. Or they had the remote, so I don't know what they were thinking. Anyway, KC decides that he has lived such a life that he um, he wants to sacrifice himself because he's like, no one believed me. This is the most amazing thing I can do. I'll be a, I'll be a hero. I'll go tell my story or whatever. Oh, and his mom, by the way, has severe dementia. There was a very sad scene where he's talking to her. And it's like the scene that you see in all of these movies, but is so representative of that, that same kind of thing that happens with families in, you know, many of our lives where his mother didn't recognize him. And she's like, oh, who are you? Are you new here? And he's like, I'm your son, mom, you know, or whatever. Anyway, so they're blasting out of the hole. He closes the door on himself. They're like, no, you can't do this. And he's like, I'll be a hero. And he says, go do it. Do it for your, do it for your uh, planet. And he says, I'm going to do it for my planet. I'm going to do it for my moon. And the, the creature wraps its tentacles around him after they've detached from him. And he's waiting and he's waiting and he sets it off. Boom. Right inside the tunnel. He defeats the alien, uh, the alien AI, I guess. And then it's white space and, uh, you know, Brian Harper and, and Yosinda, they, they land and, and they saw like, where are our kids? And they find our kids and Tom Lopez has died and they kind of are sad for a minute, but then they're like, ah, he was kind of a dickhead. He had a used car business and he was going to leave my son to die anyway. Oh, and there's a whole other subplot where they're, they're getting these SCBAs in Colorado. And then there's like a Raider group who hold them up at gunpoint because they really want the SCBAs. And they are the most dedicated bandits <laughs> that I've ever seen in the movie. Like the moon is tearing literal holes out of the earth. Other vehicles are flying up and there's this car chase where these bandits are trying to get after them. I mean, yeah, granted, they the atmosphere is going to be just sucked out of this region. So they're not going to have any air to breathe. And so, of course, they also need the SCBAs. But it just seemed like, man, you guys are vengeful as hell. So anyway, they meet back up with their kids and they're like, yeah, we got a lot of, a lot of things to talk about. We got a lot of work to do. Obviously society's been destroyed because of the moon that's destroyed it all. And the moon, meanwhile, has shed all of its outer crust. And it's just like a giant metallic thing in the air with a bunch of rocks orbiting it. And this white, white space is, you know, just, just like the matrix again, that Brian Harper was in when he talked to the AI consciousness that was represented by his son, so too, KC showed up and then his mother showed up and she was like, Hey, I'm proud of you. You did it. You killed the, you killed the thing. And he said, yeah. So I, I lived and she's like, Oh no, you didn't. You, we uploaded your consciousness before you, before you died. This is your, you're now the moon. 
which I thought was hilarious and 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 really cool as well. But Casey, he's the moon now, and then his mom, uh, who is very lucid in this because she is just an AI representation. Oh, that's what he said to Brian as, as he was on his way. He's like, someone check in on my mom every now and then. And they said, yeah, we will. And then they took off because they were like, Casey, you're crazy. You deserve to die and become the moon. And so he's the moon now. And uh, his mom or this AI representation's like, yeah, you know, now we got a lot of work to do. And he's he lights up. He's very excited. And that's the end of the movie roll credits. Uh, I looked up on my phone because I'm such a Marvel aficionado. I looked up on my phone. Does this movie have an end credit scene? And it does not. Um, so if you go to it, don't stay after. I mean, at this point, though, after you've listened to me say the whole story of Moonfall, why would you go see the movie? You could just listen to this podcast again. And really, you could save yourself um, probably an hour, hour 15 by just listening to this podcast here. I mean, sans the, the trailers and the other shows that I talked about a little bit at the beginning of the podcast, this is mostly the story of Moonfall. So they are setting it up for a sequel. Obviously, there's going to be more of these AI that track them through space. I mean, if they've got the help of the moon now that helped develop planet Earth itself, really, they could develop a bunch of these, these bombs. But would you have to have, just like KC, who detonated the bomb, an organic attachment? Would a, since you have the technology... Would you be able to strap, oh, I don't know, uh, a dog or a horse or something to an EMP and then jettison it out of the atmosphere into space? Give it a little little horse spacesuit, and then you have horse EMP bombs that you could shoot into a malicious AI coming from the far side of the universe? I don't know. Uh, they'd want to set up some kind of defense. It was a wonderfully self-contained story, I thought, though. I don't see a need for a sequel Although I do lament the fact that other intelligent civilizations out there in the universe may succumb to this AI who wants to destroy technology and biological life forms because it represents a threat to their technological life forms, which is always a cool dynamic and one that I think we are going to have to reckon with very soon when it comes to these these giant leaps that we're making forward in AI. Now, do I think that the moon is actually hollow? No. Did this movie make a very convincing argument that the moon is hollow and actually a megastructure developed by an advanced race that is sent here to seed the earth and make us humanity? Mm, it was a pretty good case. It was a pretty fun movie. Anyway, it was on. I was on the edge of my seat. The effects were good. The cast was good. Everyone, everyone played their part uh, very well. Oh, by the way, John Bradley, Casey Hausman, uh, he was uh, Sam Samuel Tarley, uh, Samuel Tarley. Who was it? Hold on, let me check his IMDb here. He was. He was Samuel Tarley in uh, Game of Thrones. So I thought that was that was pretty cool. Uh, they did set it up for a sequel, but I was just curious. I just before the podcast, I was like, how well is this movie doing? And it's not doing well. <laughs> it's first weekend it made $10 million on a $140 million budget. Like that's not super great. There was a good deal of pandering to uh, China 
in it. Maybe not a good deal of pandering, but I know China does enjoy these kinds of big bombastic action set pieces of, of movies. Um, there was a point when Bradley Harper was talking about their plan to go up to the moon. And they were talking about using gravitational pulls and slingshotting and visiting space stations. And he was like, okay, once we launch, we'll go visit our, our good, good, uh, Chinese friends or our good friends from China who will get us, uh, refuel. Like the line just seemed very, very out of place. And I know that a good deal of blockbuster movie money is not made simply here in North America, simply here in the United States, but a good chunk of money is made over in China. And I know that many, many movies that go to China are, are drastically recut or there are scenes added. And there's even scenes that are added from famous people in China or political figures in China to further a, a, a Chinese propaganda, which you can't blame them because we get enough propaganda from the United States as well. We're all propagandized uh, from the nations in which we are born, but that's not a podcast appropriate for the Culture Jack podcast. We just talk about big blockbuster action movies like Moonfall. I did like it a good deal more than I thought I would. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's Saturday on today's episode, and I was supposed to be talking to you about Cowboy Bebop, the live-action Netflix series. Whoopsie. That'll have to wait another week. I will get to it, though. I promise you. But then again, I promised you I would make an episode every week, and last week was completely barren. But I talked about that. Roland Emmerich's latest film, Moonfall. Go check it out. Did you see it? What did you think of Moonfall? Do you think they have enough fodder in there for a sequel? I don't think that they do. And from the looks of it, from these early box office numbers, it doesn't look like it doesn't look like we're going to be getting a sequel anyway. And, and this isn't one that I would even recommend you wait until it comes out on you know whatever streaming service because it's a blockbuster, man. You're going to want to watch this one in the theater when. The, the moon is just raking people over the coals. It's so interesting. This was on today's episode where we talk about movies and shows that we're watching and have watched. But we have other podcasts or other episodes on this podcast channel. Uh, tomorrow, we have The Weekend Wire with Anthony where he talks movie and Hollywood news. Talks about probably all those things I talked about at the beginning of this episode. Sorry, Anthony. Uh, and then on Monday, he's got Monday Madness. It's a show where he gets to talk about whatever the hell he wants to talk about. You know, whether it's uh, what he's doing in the collectible space, whether it's uh, where he's lost a drone in the woods because it has flown off on his own, or any other random assortment of things that he might want to talk about that Monday. Then on Thursdays, we have the Culture Jack News Desk that I host, where I talk about video game news. I talk about the video game industry. There's a lot of acquisitions going on and a lot of consolidation within that industry right now. So it's been very, very interesting and very, very engaging. Not to mention a lot of news and a lot of great games coming out. Next week, we've got Elden Ring. I'm very excited about that. Then on Friday, I have the Friday show, where I, like Anthony on Monday, get to talk about whatever the hell I want, whether it's where stories came from or how we're all losing a uh, interdependency on our media, uh, I, I guess, fascinations and fixations because the monoculture is leaving. 
but I get, I get to talk about whatever. And that's our, that's our lineup. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at culture jacked. You can also uh, find Anthony and myself over on TikTok. All these links are in the description. We've got the link tree. Go to that thing. It's very, very handy uh, on YouTube. We publish old episodes every Wednesday. Uh, so full length episodes over there. If you want to watch some gameplay footage while you listen, you can do that as well. I sometimes engage with people over on beams. So if you want to come over to beams and we can, we can start our own little mini podcast together where we can talk about moonfall. I mean, if you'd like, you know, sunfall, that's the, that's the movie I want to see. That would just be the sun absorbing the earth. But what about earthfall? What if the earth crashed into Mars? How about that? You see Roland? You're not the only one that can come up with a bang up idea. Anyway, uh, email us too at culture.collective.x2 at gmail.com. That's all I have for the show. And we will see you in the next episode. Hopefully where I talk about Cowboy Bebop. Okay, bye. Bye.